it's a great day to be Wisconsin proud. I'm Libby Collins, and welcome to Country Connection. We've experienced fluctuations in the weather this spring, from warm, rainy days to ice and snow. Where's all this moisture going? Well, joining us today are Ricardo Hamus and Larry Krolikowski from the Watershed Team at Common Ground. And Ricardo and Larry, great to have both of you here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Now, what exactly is the Watershed Team at Common Ground? Explain that. The, the watershed team is the first environmental campaign of uh, Common Ground. It's a group of volunteers that came from several churches that are members of Common Ground, and they were looking for a way to participate in uh, the, the types of campaigns that Common Ground starts, but with an environmental focus. And uh, the group looked around for a while to try and figure out what would be the best environmental campaign to go after. And, and after talking to a lot of people, we, we focused on water issues. And uh, after that, we, we met with a bunch of people in Milwaukee, as many people as we could find that know anything about water. We talked to everybody we could. And we eventually you know, focused more on this, this watershed issue. All right, what exactly is a watershed? Yeah, so a watershed is a piece of area where all the water drains into it. So we have the Milwaukee watershed. All the water in the area essentially drains um, to the river, rivers and streams, and then all that water ends up in Lake Michigan. So just the area of where the water from that area will drain to, that's what your watershed is. All right, now obviously we've seen snowfall l much later in the season than we usually do. Um, we've had a lot of rain. How has this affected the waters in the area, the watershed, so to speak? Well, probably the biggest thing is it's soaked the ground. And uh, when the ground has uh, reached its capacity for how much water it can handle, any additional precipitation that we get after that has to go someplace else. It won't soak in any further. All right, it, let me stop you right there. What do you mean the ground has a capacity as to how much water it can hold? How much water can, or can the soil in this area hold? That's probably hard to quantify, but it's 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 a little. It's the idea of having a sponge, and at, at a certain point, the sponge just won't hold anymore. So that has to do with how fast uh, the precipitation comes. It'll it might run off faster if it if it's coming down faster. If it's raining slowly, it might absorb more. So there are a lot of different factors involved: the soil types, all kinds of things like that. So once it gets to that point where it's absorbed all it can, where does the water go? Yeah, at that point, now it's going to run off, and it's going to run off. And this is true even if, if you're talking about parking lots and impermeable surfaces. But at, at, at the point where the ground won't hold anymore, then it, it's all just running off. And it's running off either directly into streams and the lake, or it's mo more likely it's running into our sewer systems. And how does that impact a community? The the sewer, a couple of ways it impacts Milwaukee, and one is Milwaukee is an older city where we have combined sewers in a large, large part of the, of the city, the older part of the city. And combined sewers means that our sanitary sewers, you know, what, what's coming out of your house, is combined with the, the storm sewers, which are what you see on the street. So when the storm sewers are filling up rapidly, now the capacity, the, sewer, the total capacity of that combined sewage system is being exceeded. That means that the pipes literally can't hold anymore, or more likely the sewage treatment plants aren't able to treat it as fast as it's coming down. So, so that's in the combined sewer area. 
In the suburbs, you have a, a, a little different problem because we don't have combined sewers in the suburbs. We have separate sewers, one for the, the storm water that comes down and one for the sanitary part. But even there, in a lot of cases, the, the sanitary sewers are leaking. Uh, the storm sewers are also leaking, and, and you're getting rainfall that's getting into the sewage system through these leaky sewers. Uh, that's called infiltration and inflow into the sewers. And eventually that goes into the system. And although rainwater isn't supposed to be going in that system, it does. And that adds more more volume to the system that can't be treated. Well, that's what I was going to say is I think a lot of people take for granted that the water treatment system is going to take care of all of that. But you're saying it's not capable? That's that's correct. And that was that was the reason why... 20 years or so ago, uh, the, the city built the deep tunnel, and the deep tunnel is, is designed to hold that excess capacity. So when we get big storms, that excess water, you know, if, if, the, if the treatment plants can't handle it, they divert it into the deep tunnel for processing later. So, the, you know, at, at some point, even that gets filled up, though. The deep tunnel is working very well, and it, and it does exactly what it's supposed to, but if we're getting big enough storms, even that extra capacity isn't enough. And where does it go then? That's, that's what a sewer overflow is. Uh, if, if, it's, if the capacity of the system is, is exceeded, there's, nothing, they, there's no choice. It either is going to go into people's basements and have backups that way, or MMSD is going to have to release it out into the environment. And that's a sewer overflow. They, they prefer that over releasing it into people's basements. But either way, it's not a good thing. That's right. All right. We're here with Larry Krolikowski and also Ricardo Hamas. They are from the Watershed team at Common Ground. And if you're just tuning in and you want to catch up on the conversation you missed, go to kticountry.com, click on the Features tab, and you'll find this and past Country Connection interviews. Now, Ricardo... As Larry's talking about this and as all of the water is beginning to overflow and they have to make the decision, is it going to be released into the sewer system or are we going to let it go into basements, which we don't want to do, what can be done to control that? Yeah, so the one thing we do is called the water drop alert. So you can sign up for that. And w what's a water drop alert? So the water drop alert is... Um, an alert system that was put in place by the watershed team at Common Ground. So you can receive a text message telling you when we're expecting a large water uh, rain to come in and uh, when the tunnel is a third of the way full. So that tells you to start conserving water and to prevent a lot of water from filling up in the tunnel and then having to do an overflow as well as reducing the amount of sewage that would be um, dispersed into Lake Michigan. So what are you asking people to do? Let's say I sign up for a text alert yeah. and I know, well, there's a problem. What should I do to help resolve that? Yeah, so you can do a variety of different things. Um, so you can uh, limit the amount of time you take a shower. So a 10-minute shower can save up, up to, I believe it's uh, uh, 40 gallons of water. So, so how long should your shower be? Um, just keep it at, you know, at a minimum time. It, we're not asking people not to shower. We're not asking people to um, really delay it by it too much. You know, just if you can take that extra step of just reducing your shower by even five or ten minutes, that can help a lot. 
Um, if you have your dis dishwashers full, maybe wait until the rain stops or till the next day to run that dishwasher or wash your dishes. Uh, if you have to do laundry, perhaps do it when there's not a lot of rain coming in, um, when there's less of an expectancy for an overflow to take place. So you're not asking people to change their lives dramatically. You're just saying be a little more conscious of what you're doing. Yeah, that's all we're asking for. And you can sign up for the water drop by texting the word uh, one word water drop to 797979. And um, we're not asking you do, to do this every day. You know, just when you get an alert, we do a really good job of only sending out an alert when we really believe that there's going to be an overflow and when the tunnel is full. So we have uh, connections with um, different uh, weathermen and um, meteorologists who we talk to and, and MMSD. We talk to MMSD a lot to make sure we're not just you know, giving you random alerts when they don't really need to be put out there. So approximately how often do you expect those alerts to come out this spring? Any idea? We, it, boy, that's hard to say. We've uh, originally, we were planning on doing as many as 10 a year. We, we kind of th set our threshold so that that's ma how many alerts we would have. We never have that many overflows. But, you know, we, th we thought we might be issuing that many. Now, last year, we issued a total of four all year. Of course, it was a very dry year, especially after the spring. There, there wasn't much rainfall. Uh, this year, there haven't been any. We we were very close so a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> far, uh, we're coming into the rainy season. So we would expect that if we're going to have overflows, this is this is the prime time right now. And when you issued them last year, the four times, did you notice that that people did conserve? Was there a significant decrease in what you would expect as far as water being released into the system? It's. It's almost impossible for us to know that. For, for one thing, last year we did not have as many people participating as we hoped to have this year. But even if we did, if, if, even if we had a lot of people participating, the majority of the volume that's going to the sewage treatment plant is rain. Uh, 90, 95, 99%. It's, it's the sewage part of it is so small compared to the rain part of it. However, the sewage part of it is that's where all the bacteria is coming from. That's where all the bad stuff that's going into the lake is coming from. If we were able to have sewer overflows that had nothing but rainwater, that wouldn't be bad at all. That would be fine. The problem is the sewage part of it, even though it's small, that's what we want to cut back. And part of the problem also is what people put on their lawns and uh, allow to flow into the sewer. Is it not, Ricardo? Yes. Yeah, so um, depending what you're putting in your lawns or even, you know, sometimes some people might just dispose of things outside without knowing where that is going to lead. So I know I've heard of people dumping unused paint buckets out in by the sewer system and that all leads to Lake Michigan. Um, very good to be conscious of what you put on your lawns as well as in your parking lots and even what you wash your cars with because that's all going to end up. Changing. And most importantly, clean up after your pets. Yes. Yes. Because I don't think people realize how much damage that can do to the ecosystem as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now, one more time, Ricardo, let's tell everyone how they can sign up for the water drop alert. Yes. So if you text uh, one word to the word is uh, water drop to 797979. Again, that is water drop to 797979.
And by the way, if you want information about the watershed team at Common Ground sent directly to your phone, all you have to do is text the keyword connection to 414-799-9494. Larry, what other advice and information is important for our listeners to know as far as protecting the watershed? Well, one one point I, w- I want to make, and and this is this is frequently confused, is that MMSD is is responsible for this problem, and and I, that's that's important to clarify because MMSD really does a terrific job, and if you look historically at at what has happened with sewer overflows, the the change since the deep tunnel was put in place is really dramatic. Uh, last year, I think I I, I saw that the they were able to treat 99.9998% of the sewage that came to them. There was one tiny overflow at the very end of the year, but none others besides that. And that's really remarkable for a city our size. That just that just doesn't happen anyplace else. So we, we just... We, we want to make sure that, that this is not, our alert system is not construed to be a, a criticism of the job they're doing. They're doing a terrific job, and they're a partner of ours in this project. And overall, how do you feel about the system of streams and rivers that we have in the Milwaukee area? Do you feel that they're healthy? So... Um, the one another thing MMSD does, so they actually go a lot of out of their way to really um, see where their water is coming from. So MMSD is only in charge of the Milwaukee area, of course. Um, however, they do a lot of surveys outside of the Milwaukee area because all that water is coming into Lake Michigan and it is affecting our our water source. So they go out of their way to check that um, that water quality. So I actually am working on a side project, uh, doing surveys on streams and creeks outside of the Milwaukee area. Are you uh, optimistic? I'm not sure. I mean, it all depends. Some of them are seem to be pretty good. I, I, we haven't gotten a lot of the data to look at them. Um, but I would say that they're doing as much as they can to really ensure the health of those streams. You know, I think when we first kind of started as a civilization, we really didn't take that into consideration. So there's a lot of past mistakes that we need to fix um, and recuperate those streams and creeks so we can have a good and healthy watershed. Well, I'm sure with people like you, young people like you getting involved, Ricardo, the future is very bright, particularly for our waterways. One more time, let's remind everybody how they can sign up for the water drop alerts. Yep. So you just text the word water drop to 797979. I want to thank Ricardo Hamas and also Larry Krolikowski, both from the Watershed Team at Common Ground, for joining us today. And we're going to have links at kticountry.com. Just click on the Features tab, look for connections, and share this interview with family and friends. Oh, we do love eating as an activity in Wisconsin, don't we? Well, here's another event you might want to put on your calendar, not just to enjoy the food, but also to help support a wonderful cause. Have you been to McDonald's lately? Well, most of us have, but we probably don't associate those fries and Big Macs with gourmet dishes. Well, that's about to change at the third annual McDonald's Unwrapped, a fundraising event for sharp literacy. And joining us today are Nandini Sinha. She is the sharp literacy vice president of fund development. And also with us is Matt Curley, who's the executive chef at Hotel Madrid. And Matt, Nandini, 
Great to have both of you here. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you for having us. Okay, quick. What was the last thing you ate at McDonald's? Oh, gosh. Um, Coffee. Coffee? <laughs> I'm going to go with ice cream cone. <laughs> oh, cone. okay. That's, that's, my, that's my guilty pleasure for McDonald's. Oh, yummy. All right. Well, yeah. I have to admit I had a fish sandwich the oh, other day. But they're anyway. so good. Oh, they're so good. But here's what I think a lot of people are wondering. Matt, you're one of the most heralded chefs <laughs> here in, in the whole area. What was your reaction when you were approached and they said to you, you're going to use ingredients from Mickey D's yeah. menu and you have to create a gourmet dish. Yeah. Um, I think no way was, was the first thing. I thought, no way. Get out of here. No way. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was kind of a caught me off guard. It was an avant-garde idea for sure. Um, and I think kind of as I started tossing it around, I realized, you know, obviously what a great event this is and what a great cause this is for. Uh, when it came down to the actual ingredients, though, I'm thinking to myself, no way. I'm going to use McDonald's ingredients and turn this into a fine dining dish. Um, and then, then I started getting excited about it, thinking this is going to be a challenge. This is something I can actually do. And trying to think of like new ways to recreate, you know, um, the, some of the some of the ingredients they have. I was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do this. Now, so. do you get to pick your own ingredients, or do they come to you and say, Matt, this is what you're working with? No, fortunately, I was able to even pick my own ingredients. So I went through basically the entire catalog of what they have to offer, and I, I didn't know my dish yet, or, uh, yet what I was going to do. So Were I you a little surprised when you looked at the whole catalog as yeah. to how many things go into Absolutely. McDonald's? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge catalog. And I think, I believe it was almost the entire inventory opened up, which is amazing. I mean, that, that's a great, um, it's a great access to have. But yeah, so I went into it not knowing my dish and just kind of checked that off, checked that off. Yes, I'll have some of this. I'll have some of that. And then all of a sudden I put all the ingredients together. I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do. All right. So can you give us a, a little idea yes. of what yes. it is yeah. you th you plan on doing and what right. you're using, more importantly? Right. Yeah, and I can't give it all away. Okay. But, no, um, I don't expect you to give no, us away so the secrets. No, so I'm going to do a filet of fish crepe with <gasps> a bacon, fish, apple, and onion sauce. Ooh, okay. So, so, yeah. so how does that work then? You, you use their filet of fish. I use the filet of fish. I'm going to break it down. Uh, cook it with some bacon, some apples, and onion. Uh, I'm going to make a little onion dust and onion jus, and then roll it inside of a flattened English muffin. Oh, how do you flatten <laughs> an English muffin? I'm going to take an English muffin and just roll it out and do a crepe. Can you do yeah. that? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out next week. I don't know yet, but I think so. That so, sounds really good. Yeah. And are you planning on doing a sauce or anything oh, with yeah, it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to cook all that with the bacon and apple, uh, and I'm going to do an onion reduction. Um, and there's, uh, I believe it's a uh, kind of an aioli coming as well. So I'm going to take the dehydrated onions, do an onion aioli with it, and then take the <clears throat> onions a step further and kind of do an onion dust with it as well. Now, so. uh, you, you're doing this outside of your normal space. And you're used to a, an executive chef's yeah. kitchen and yeah. the sous chef and all right. the support. What right. are you working with at, at Unwrapped? I mean, what is your your prep area like? Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I think in this case, I will have a lot of the, the, the sauces and kind of fundamentals kind of made ahead of time. Um, you know, there I'm going to be setting up kind of a satellite kitchen, just like I would any other event. And, the, and the, you know, it's fun for us. It kind of breaks the mold of being in the kitchen, the humdrum of the everyday. So it does give us a chance to get out of the kitchen, set up on an eight-foot table, some burners, some rolling pins, some cutting boards. And just you know, throw just just figure it out, and have fun with it. You know, improv. That's that's what half of half of what our job is. So. No, Nandini, I see you're smiling. You're, I can <laughs> see you sort of sort of drooling when he's describing what he's going to make because you get to taste all of the fabulous food that's going to be there this year. Absolutely, us and all of the. 250 plus guests that we are expecting and each year it's so much fun because our chefs at first their reaction is exactly like Matt's. It's like <laughs> McDonald's ingredients holy 
you know, what am I going to do with it? And but each year we are totally blown away by the creativity of the chefs. And we we have been fortunate to have to have year after year partnered with some uh, some of our area's most celebrated chefs like Matt here and others. Uh, this year we're going to have chefs from Bartolotta, from Surge Group, from Carnivore, from Sazes, and of course Matt and the chef from Movida and the Grain Exchange. We have seven of them who will be participating this year. Now I have to ask you, Matt, is there a little competition among the chefs? Because I'm sure you know <laughs> you know them. You've you've you True. you've maybe worked with them mm-hmm. in the past, or right. but is there like a friendly competition with this? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I think we're all uh, we all work together very well, and we all know each other. It's a very intimate, uh, you know, setting being a chef in Milwaukee. But, uh, you know, I, I think we'd all be lying if we didn't say that deep down we all just want to win. <laughs> oh. You know, even if there's not a competition, we just I was we, gonna we say, want to win. We want to put up the best dish. So. so do you know what the other guys are doing? Um, yeah, well, so as the culinary director for the restaurant group, I, I kind of get to oversee Movida as well. So I do have, I know what he's doing there. We kind of work on that dish together. Um, so I, I have no idea what any of the other restaurants are doing though. And, you know, I mean, as creative as a lot of these chefs are and as talented as they all are, uh, I'm re- really excited to see what they all come with. And I, I assume you'll get to taste everything that night. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make my rounds for sure. Now, when you're when you're inviting the various chefs, uh, Nandini, do you try to make sure that everybody has a variety? So, if somebody's working with fish, you're not necessarily going to have two or three fish dishes. Right. We try our best to make sure that we have a diverse array of. Uh, food, um, appetizers, as well as desserts. So there's always something there for everybody. And our chefs come from, you know, very diverse uh, restaurants. So everything everything that is served that day is going to be very unique. We're talking with Nandini Sinha, who is with Sharp Literacy, and also Matt Curley, who's the executive chef at Hotel Madrid. And if you're just tuning in and you want to catch up on any of the conversation you've missed, go to kticountry.com, click on the Features tab, and you'll find this and past Country Connection interviews. Uh, Now, besides the actual food, is there anything else that's going to be going on during Unwrap this year, Nandini. For sure, for sure. Just as an added uh, bonus or attraction, uh, uh, Coach Vojo from the market uh, men's basketball team will be on hand as a uh, sous chef. Oh, uh, really? Yes, and he will be plating along with uh, with all the chefs Will here. he go from station to station so everybody gets to work with him at one point, or is he going to just be sticking around one or two? I think he is going to uh, be moving around, and he's very personable. He loves the interaction with people. And he did share with us that he would, uh, in his past life, he wished he, he wished he could be a chef. And now, uh, I, now I'm wondering, Matt, you're going to be working with one of the premier coaches in, in, in college basketball. Uh, do you feel pressure that he's going to really be pushing you as your sous chef? Well, I mean, he's going to be my sous chef, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll put him to work. Yeah. Oh, so so you're you're not afraid that his tables might turn because he's used to being in charge. No, I, I'm sure I'm sure they could, but you know, you get two two leaders together in one table. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting <laughs> dynamic. No, I, you know, it'll it'll be great to have him there. Absolutely. Now, what else will be going on? Are there live auctions? Other or than anything? that, there will be a live auction. Uh, there will also be a silent auction. There will also be a restaurant tree with the gift cards from area restaurants, um, which always is a sold-out event in the first 30 minutes of the, <laughs> of, of the, of the event, um, as well as a wine pull. And so all in all, 
a lot of things to choose from. Any particular uh, standouts as far as some of the auction items that, that come to mind? Yes, we have, uh, for instance, um, uh, a beautiful diamond ring Ooh. that has been uh, donated and we're doing something called chocolates and diamonds for the first time. So uh, we're going to have little boxes of four truffles, which people can buy for $20 and have a chance to win this uh, diamond ring. Uh, in addition, of course, we have chef's tables from Bartolotta, and uh, there will be uh, something from Surge, something for everybody. And when is, when is Unwrapped taking place? It's Thursday, May 17th uh, at uh, the South 2nd Street on Walker's Point. Uh, very exciting uh, space, uh, and it's from 5.30 to 8.30. And how do you get tickets? Uh, you can visit our website at sharpliteracy.org, and right in the front page, there's a link to buying tickets. And uh, obviously, you can get those up to the date, or do you expect a, a sellout? Well, I, I was just sharing with Matt that as of today, we are about 80% uh, uh, full. So please, if you plan to attend, do register early, and you can visit at our website or even call us at 414-410-3200, and we will have tickets for you. And of course, if you'd like that information about Unwrap, sent directly to your phone, text the keyword CONNECTION to 414-799-9494. Now, Nandini, as the school year wraps down, tell us what's coming up next for Sharp Literacy. Sure. Um, uh, you might know that Sharp is actually a year-round program. So while we do our core programming during the school year, we also have summer programs. And as, as everybody knows, Summer Slide is, is a big deal here in Wisconsin, as in other states, and especially our urban students are most uh, hard hit by uh, summer learning regression. So we partner with about eight other community organizations serving about 500 students doing summer school uh, from June through August. So that'll be throughout the summer then? Throughout the summer, for the first time, we are offering coding classes, um, our unique workshop called Create Art Using Computer Code will be offered this, uh, uh, this time for the first time uh, to students from MPS as well as the school district of Waukesha. Now, are you looking for volunteers to help out at Sharp Literacy? We absolutely are. And please contact us again. You can call us uh, at the Sharp number that I gave out to you as well as our website. Just contact us and we would love to have volunteers during the school year as well as during summer. And of course, we'll have those at kticountry.com as well. Now, Matt, you know, we talked about competition among chefs, and it is a very small community and mm -hmm. in Milwaukee. Um, I'm sure you've watched what a lot of us have watched, and that's the, the, the chef competition things, Top right. Chef and right. some of the others. When you're at an event like Unwrapped, do you mm -hmm. feel is it is it almost as if you're part of something like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, and I actually uh, was able to compete on Cutthroat Kitchen on the Food Network, so I, I've kind of oh, got you a did? Little, yeah. So I've got a what little bit of that, that to pull from. What was that um, like? You know, it was intense. <laughs> it was uh, it was really intense. It was a lot of work. Um, you know, obviously there was there was there was other things you know in there other than just cooking. You know, being sabotaged and and you know the cooking with prickly pears and cactus and dried dehydrated ingredients, things like that. Um, so kind of pulling from that from that experience, you're able to kind of work with that and and kind of um, you know work around those curveballs. 
for example, using McDonald's, you know, ingredients and, and kind of being in that heat of competition. But it, it just fuels the fire. It just gives you more more life to it. Um, and I thrive on it anyhow. And it gives me more, you know, fuel to my fire. And, and As somebody who's fire. competed on one of those TV shows, which I'm right. obsessed about, okay. uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> do we see everything on camera, or is there a whole Ooh. lot that goes on behind the scenes? Um, I, you know, I was about to look around and see who's, why, you know, watching me say this right now. Oh, nobody's um, listening. No, Don't yeah, worry yeah, exactly. about it. <laughs> sure. Um, no, you, you do, you don't. I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know, in retrospect, looking back and watching the show on air versus, you know, filming it. There was a lot that that went on that wasn't necessarily televised. Um, and you know, it, it's all very truthful. It's not staged. It's not, you know. I would like to think not anyways. I was I came in second, so. Oh, I, d- <laughs> um, I congratulations well, on that. Yeah, it was kind of a sore win. I would have walked out with all my money. And um, anyways, um, yeah, you, I, I wouldn't say that you see everything, but what, what you do see is honest. What so. was the one ingredient that threw you that you didn't come in on top? No, so so uh, I ran into the to shop, um, and I grabbed crema instead of cream for my whipped cream. <gasps> So it's a cultured cream, so it won't uh, it won't stabilize because it's cultured. It continues to kind of be active, so it won't hold its air that you emulsify in. Every time you see that in the kitchen, you must. Oh my gosh! You, you, no you idea. must want to scream. No idea. I would have walked out with twenty five thousand um, dollars. So my cream, my cream became wet by the time they judged it, and uh, that was it. That do was, was do it. you have a name for the dish that you're preparing? Did you think of a special name for your unwrapped dish? Not not per se. Uh, basically, I'm just calling it a uh, you know uh, a fish crepe. With the, uh, the bacon and apple. Sauce. Any chance there might be a take of that on the uh, on the menu at Hotel Madrid <laughs> at some point? Uh, probably. I don't see that happening anytime too soon. But you know, who knows? There Maybe could be a demand. Just, it, exactly. 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 <laughs> well, we'll open I, up a drive-through window and sell it out there. So. <laughs> well, again, we want to thank uh, Matt Curley, executive chef at Hotel Madrid, and of course, you're located where? Yeah, 600 South Sixth Street. Well, we'll come in and see you, and I know uh, a lot of our much. listeners will too. But Obviously, we're looking forward to meeting you at Unwrapped. And let's give the date again for that, Nandini. Thursday, May 17th. And again, we're going to have links at kticountry.com. Just click on the Features tab, look for Connections, and share this interview with family and friends. And for Country Connection, I'm Libby Collins.